0: I think you all know who we have with us. We have Reese Witherspoon. Hi, everybody. (laughs) We also have Sarah Hardin, who runs Hello Sunshine. (laughs) I'm going to jump into it so we maximize our time. I know that most people know who you are, of course, in this room. You were an Academy Award-winning actor, congratulations, for your role, June Carter Cash in Walk the Line. You were nominated for an Academy Award for Wild, both films I saw that were great. Thanks, Mark. I hope. (laughs) 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 I'm a good critic. (laughs) And you won awards for the Golden Globes and Emmys for Big Little Lies. Did we see Big Little Lies? Amazing. (laughs) How creepy was Meryl Streep?
1: (laughs) In real life or on the show?
0: (laughs) On the show. (laughs) Well,
1: On the show. On the show. In real life, she's really cute and sweet.
0: Um, But I did watch your acceptance speech, and in it you said you wanted to bring women to the front of their own stories. Yes. So I want to start here. Uh, Talk a little bit about what you're trying to achieve with that, and also if you could juxtapose it with what Saturday Night Live Parodied as this Oscar season being about white male aggression.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was funny. <laughs>
0: um,
1: Okay, well, part of the reason I've been in the movie business for 30 years now. Um, this will be my 30th year this year, y'all. Oh, God. Um, so I started when I was 14, and frequently growing up, I was the only woman on a movie set. Um, and then as I got older, it just, that, that narrative just kept perpetuating. I was always sort of the only woman there. I didn't really get to meet any of my actress peers because there were so few parts for women, you were usually the only woman in a movie. And probably around um, the time I was 33, um, the, our whole business kind of shifted in 2008, 2009 around the writer's strike. The first that writer strike that really affected our business. Um, when the business came back, they weren't developing any movies in the 40 million dollar range, 30 to 40 million dollars. So that was really became clear they weren't making any movies for women. Um, we kind of lived. That's where comedies lived. That's where the, the heartfelt dramas la- uh, lived. So. Um, I just remember getting this really crappy script, and it was two women fighting over this male lead who was acting like an idiot, and, um, and both the parts were offensive, and there were tons of boob jokes, and I called my agent and I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not interested, I don't, you know, and she said, every actress in Hollywood wants this, these parts, and they got an Oscar winner to play one of them, in fact, and I thought, Well, that's it. I've had enough. I've had enough of what the pipeline is. Nobody's developing for women. Nobody's developing movies that put women at the center of the story, and I'm just going to spend my own money, and so I self-funded a company. Because I also didn't want to exist within a studio system that wouldn't be making films that that had women at the center of them. So that's where it kind of began for me.
0: Well, it turns out at least 50% of the population watching the films are women, so... (laughs) Stands the reason you have some customers to target.
1: Also, women consume more media. I mean, we were just talking in yeah. the car. There, there was a recent study in Axios, and they said, you know, women are watching 76 hours of television every week as compared to 60 hours a week for men. And so if you just think about that, um, women are the largest captured consumer audience in the world, their numbers skew higher on social media, on, um, on streaming platforms. And it's definitely an, an interesting phenomenon that they're still making the primarily making content with men at the center when women are actually living on those platforms more.
0: Do you have any commentary or thoughts of why this Oscar season in the era where we thought women protagonists were gonna play a bigger role?
1: how much time do you have
0: <laughs> 25 minutes twenty. <laughs> oh, <okay>, seconds <laughs> okay, okay um
1: i think we're living in old systems yeah you know hollywood has to evolve we have to uh start thinking of new structures of voting systems we have to have um someone suggested maybe a jury system might be a more fair way of knowing that people actually watch the films and are voting accordingly um you know more diverse balanced voting pools. I think these institutions are primarily white and male, and that's not reflective of our society. And so you're not seeing, um, you're not seeing the results that, that reflect the world we live in.
0: One of the things we're trying to address in our industry and in venture capital is to really get more women at the heart of entrepreneurship, you also have to have more women writing checks and yes. funding things. And people, we were talking about Kirsten Green backstage, yes. people like that. Who, um,
1: Kirsten believed in me from the beginning when I started becoming an entrepreneur. Also, you know, I had the money to self-fund a company. Yeah. I had had a long, very lucrative career, but there's many women who are not in that position to start their own media company.
0: And you grew up in Nash- Nashville. Yes. Both of your parents were doctors, as doctors. I understand. Yeah. Pretty educated. You got into Stanford. Yes. You dropped out, which already earned you a lot of esteem in this room. <laughs> Um, I dropped out
1: after freshman year, (laughs) I know.
0: But talk about the role that education and your parents' influence has played in your business career and how you think about business.
1: Um, My parents were not business people. And um, I have really... uh, it's been a real interesting journey for me financially and as a businesswoman to navigate it by myself, literally just asking people like this wonderful <laughs> woman who's my CEO, what exactly does that mean that you're saying, like I have no problems saying what, I remember I started a retail company three years ago and Pearson Green was ROI this and EBITDA that, and I was like, I'm sorry, what is ROI? <laughs> what is EBITDA? And she took the time to actually explain everything to me Um, so I've had my own journey. You know, I, I literally knew nothing when I came to, to Hollywood. I did not understand how films made money. I didn't understand the revenue structure. And I say to young people all the time, understand how your business makes money, how they lose money, how you can be an asset, how you can, how you can help, um, create more revenue for yourself, for the company. And I learned literally just by asking a lot of questions.
0: So let's move on to Hello Sunshine. Okay. Uh, You started in 2016. Yes. And your stated mission is storytelling that changes the narrative for women. So I guess you were frustrated with the past and said, I'm gonna create a company to solve the problem that I believe I have, which is what we tell people how all great entrepreneurs start is solving their own problem that they uniquely understand. We have the CEO, Sarah Hardin. uh, I think great friend of many people in this room. (laughs) She's ex-Fox and churning group, president of Otter Media, Harvard Business School alum, power exec. How did you meet her? How did you select her? Why was she the right person for the role?
1: Um, oh my gosh, Sarah! It's, uh, I'm so lucky I have Sarah in my life, uh, and that she believed in this idea. I was—I had self-funded my company for probably five years, wasn't turning a very big profit. I had produced um, *Wild*, *Gone Girl*, and *Big Little Lies*, and it still wasn't generating a lot of revenue. And so. Um, Myself and my, my husband and my business partner, Seth Rodsky, all decided we wanted to try a digital venture where we were going to be on multiple platforms. So we took it to Turnin' mm-hmm. and we had one other competitive um, offer at a different platform. And so we went into Turnin', we had this great meeting, and I said, Well, this is amazing, but are there any women who work here? Because I'm going to be talking about female content and I just don't want to be talking in an echo chamber and you guys telling me that you don't understand what I'm doing and they were like oh my god we have the most amazing woman she's traveling right now and so two days later I sat with Sarah and I had the greatest meeting where we just um we just really she has built so many digital businesses for um for the churning group and otter media and this was the first to be focused on women
2: and I mean it's funny. I remember that we had brunch on a Sunday, and Mark, some of the things you're talking about here is exactly what we talked about in the room. And I think, I think it was the frustration and the white space. And I think, you know, Reese had a very fully formed vision of what that was, and it started with this lack of representation. And, you know, I think it was an interesting time three or four years ago, and it was prior to the Me Too and Times Up movements. Um, I think real shifts in the media business, and I think the. You know, we had spent a lot of time at Otter looking at these great, next great media brands we were looking to build. Crunchyroll, Rooster Teeth, they, they were more male-centric brands, and so we'd spent time saying, how do we serve female consumers? And I think the opportunity we met with Reese to say, you know what, we, we could start this um, really on the back of Reese's 20-year, um, 25-year career, but architect this company for the next." The next 10 years of media and, and i think that that's what we talked about and very much talked around the problems that we wanted to solve
0: what is it is it a in your mind is yeah. it a media production company do you have any aspirations to have tech as your underpinning yeah,
2: it's both very much and, and we set an intention three years ago and we're still early on in delivering against that which was and i think i you know when we looked and said where would you have to be to build a company that's architected for the next 20 years it was we have to build a direct-to-consumer brand. We have to have connection with our audience, but we're going to put a premium storytelling uh, studio um, at the front of it. You know, our first hire was Lauren you start our first senior hire who runs our scripted business and has done an incredible job as we built this company. But if you look at the marketplace, we're in the most crowded media marketplace. And, you know, even on streaming platforms with premium shows, they face challenges in getting audiences to show up for their media. And so we said, you know, we're going to take responsibility for not only creating great storytelling, but we're gonna create respo- we're gonna take responsibility for helping audiences show up to those platforms. And so, you know, under the company we we manage Reese's social, she's got an incredibly powerful social following of 21 million followers. And we started out building um, well we want to do a brand of influence under two sets of handles, Reese's Book Club, which is sort of a curatorial voice for our company, and we can talk more about books and then under Hello Sunshine. But you know, um, that takes a while to build and we said we're gonna build an audience that loves us and as we build this company over 10, 15 years, we're then gonna bring those audiences to our premium storytelling and and that was kind of the part of the company. And then the other part was, was very central and I really remember it was, you know, I think uh, when we sat with Reese, you know, the first time she said this company's not about me, right? It was about solving industry problems and providing a company that we could bring voices into storytelling that have been structurally marginalized and, um, and isolated from Hollywood. And when you talk about our population, um, people of color, women, LGBTQ folks, it is like nuts when you look at the composition of who has power in the media industry. And that was the conversation we had the first time. True. And how few women and people of color and LGBTQ
1: people have their own media companies.
2: Yeah. Uh, talking
0: about power. Mm. How do you guys share power? I mean, that's a real dilemma in a business.
1: Oh, I, this, that's a really good question. You know, somebody asked me that the Thank other you, day. Reese. Oh, Mark?
0: Mark? <laughs> Just returning to <from> um,
1: <laughs> I think we have such an interesting revolving structure of yeah. leadership. Yeah. There's no ego in any of it. We all carry water in the same way. So whether you talk about the senior members of our team, everyone's so happy to let another person lead but also steps up exactly when they need to. So it's it's not a traditional structure that I've seen in any company I've ever been inside of or worked for. Um, it's a, a really beautiful thing actually to see the way a, a group of really strong women lead.
2: And that's been, really intentional. I think, I mean, it's, I was thinking the other day actually, um, and it depends a little on when we're in production. I mean, Reese is, she literally works harder than anyone I know, so whether it's texts at 5.30 in the morning or, I mean, there's, there's a constant conversation, but we really have been intentional. We talk a lot about the strategic choices, and I really, from the start, it was we didn't start the company with a lot of capital. It was we're going to be defined by our choices, and so that's what we spend a lot of time with, but Reese works directly with our exec team, and, you know, we've started, we said, let's build a company that we would have all loved to have worked in the last 20 years, we have an amazing exec team. They're building big businesses, and, and so Reese works directly with each of them.
0: It's all um, women, right? Um, well, right
2: yeah. now, I mean, we talk about it's not our well, not the company isn't. No. Our exec executive team of five, team. yeah. Oh, I, think um, I think, so. we yeah. you know, we're, we're very intentional, and we talk a lot about this. You know, we, you know, the opposite of a, a you know a patriarchy is not a matriarchy. It's equality, and we're really trying to build um, a company that reflects that internally. Um, but you know, Reese works. On every part of our content business, with with Lauren on our scripted business, with Cynthia on our unscripted business, with our kids in animation business. So whether it's writers, producers, and um, and so we we've tried to set up a, a structure that really empowers our our team. And you know, we talk a lot about what we want to do as a company, but we spend a lot of time also about the how and how we want to do it. And um, and it's been a, the best part is like I think sometimes being a CEO is like really can be lonely. And I I mean, Reese's Judgment, everything from the smallest things to the biggest things. We, that's having someone alongside to just build the company with. That's been like a real gift.
0: Reese, you talked about when you started a business and were dealing with Kirsten and using EBITDA and ROI and stuff, <laughs> that, that was all new to you. Yeah. What about and it? Now I just
1: throw it around. Yeah. <laughs> like at the gym, I'm like, there's not a lot of ROI on that machine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> what about what about in terms of data or technology like if I think about oh I love data the
1: <laughs> I do I love data so much
0: <laughs> do, you, do you use it in interesting ways like does it inform like which stories you're going to tell or which audience well I don't
1: use it for evil okay yeah Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, I just watched that documentary, The Great Hack, and I'm like, ugh, data. (laughs) Uh, But no, I love data. It's Mm. so helpful. She does. I love data. data. I'm like, tell me, what's the data on that? Did that perform well? Because we can really cater content to be uh, much more specific. Not that it controls every decision we make, but we're not you know, throwing a spaghetti at a wall and <laughs> thinking, oh, this strategy's gonna work. We had no idea five, 10, seven years ago what was working or why. And I think um, the ability to micro-target circuit groups or geo-target groups is really invaluable. And I, I wish I had more data. Like, it's really, um, we talk about it all the time. Yep. The, the, the amount of data that's shared um, is, is, it's not really helpful sometimes um, because, you know, companies obviously have their own strategies. But I could, I think, create more and be more effective if I knew exactly what audiences were looking for.
0: Yeah. Talking about audience. Yeah. What do you see as your audience? Is it because I know you have female protagonists as one of your themes? Are you looking for powerful female protagonists for a female audience, or do you aspire to serve everybody and make women like? How do you think about audience, and is it age and?
1: Oh, that's a that's a good question. We we start with story. Yeah. So it really began with this book club that started as just Reese's book club in her brain. And, and, and the first two books that I optioned were Wild and Gone Girl. And um, they before we ever got to screen with either one of them, they both hit the New York Times bestseller list as a number one, nonfiction and fiction. And I was like, holy shit, mm-hmm. now I got to make good movies. Um, but then it just sort of became um, this, this great relationship that we had with authors, whether it was Leanne Moriarty and Big Little Lies, and then more, most recently, we optioned Celeste Ng's book, Little Fires Everywhere. Um, and that started as just a book club Good pick that we we read in galleys, yeah. chose it for the book club. I did a live Facebook streaming with Celeste in our startup office. I, I remember that because the sound wasn't working. The it was audio a went out. It was a disaster. But the audience really grew with us. And then we decided to um, develop it and attached Carrie Washington as our partner in Simpson Street, her company. And now it's coming out on Hulu next month. But it's been this really amazing two and a half year journey that our audience has gone on Watching us pick it as a book, decide to develop it, build the sets, cast the characters, and it's this 360-degree experience that you can go on as a, as an audience member. Um, that you that people are really invested in that process as well, and it kind of takes people behind the scenes too and shows you how how we make these things.
0: What uh, led you to want to do get involved with book clubs and book selection? Was that?
1: I just have always read all my life, ever since I was little. And I didn't realize how much I was reading until probably 2008 and 2009 when all the scripts were really bad. And I was complaining about it to my husband. And I was like, I went on this studio tour around to every single studio head. All, there were only seven at the time. And I said, what are you developing for women? And they, only one studio was developing something for a woman. And she, <laughs> it was a woman. And she actually said... Um, we already have a movie with a woman starring this year, we can't make two. And so I, I went home and I was complaining to my husband and he's like, babe, you read more books than anyone I know. Why don't you just option some of these books? And I said, I do? He's like, yes, you read like a crazy amount of books. Um, so that was sort of a light bulb moment for me and then I just started reading things in galleys instead of reading them at the bookstore.
2: I mean, and I think that interest. And when we started the company, was you know, I think we observed it it takes a while to get your creative, especially the premium stories that we are focused on. Um, You know, it it can take a year or two to get those. But we Reese was already posting photos of Instagram, and so one of the first things we did was just tentpole the book club, pick a book in the first week of every month. It's a because I think you need if you're building uh, trying to build an authentic community, you have a curatorial voice for your brand. And it was so authentically from Reese. And that is what we have built the company around. And I think now you see Reese's Book Club. I mean, we are reliably putting every book on the New York Times bestseller list. Our our January book, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reid. It's so beautiful, a debut author and so this isn't about just picking authors who are well known and um and i think those first two or three years was really just about building that influence and reese really picks the books i get asked all the time i read a lot a lot of the books we talk about them a lot and um and that sits at the center of everything we do and there's no better example than little fires everywhere
0: interestingly yeah we first met because you were in a book club with my wife
2: yeah (laughs) best book club because we had a rule that no book could be over 100 pages it was the itty bitty book club (laughs) We're and they had busy. a rule that
0: Mark wasn't allowed to be in the house. <laughs> Karen you know?
2: Alma was in that
1: book club as well. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: is, is it but like-
1: I do think people are looking for community. Yes. You know, it, in this world, it's just proliferated with things and content and ideas. Curation is so important, mm-hmm. unique voices thoughtful, intelligent selection is really important. Also knowing when people wanna see a romantic comedy or or just read a light book at Christmas. Um, we really listen to the feedback from our audience and um, try to sort of pivot around the, their taste as well because they have their own set of tastes. I wonder
0: is it, and the answer could just be no if yeah. I have it wrong, but it seems like a book club can be a real wedge for you in the sense that First of all, your presence and your audience and now tech and marketing dollars enable you to help books blow up in the first place and probably play some role in people wanting to feed into your book club that allows you to
2: option their work in the first place or am I overthinking oh, Yeah, I mean, you, you just, that is, the, that is the strategy that we've built the company around and really when you look at what Reese has done, it's, it's not, to be able to say to an author The work with with Wild and Gone Girl and Big Little Lies, the care to launch those, it means so much to the authors and those stories. So you build a reputation around that, and then our goal is to do a few things really well and continue to build that reputation. um, And it's been
0: about a year that you've been on board? How long has it been?
2: No, from the start, I was just quite... Yeah, we, it was just when did the, you go quietly full time? at the oh, start? two know. about two and a oh, two My and a half God, years ago. I don't flies. know. I had it's nine months where I was doing double duty, but yeah, <laughs> that was that was a bad year. So um, so now <laughs>
1: <laughs> she was doing both jobs.
2: Yeah,
0: we won't tell Peter. So yeah. <laughs> uh, you were at this for two and a half years. You know, we're kind of hitting now a big moment for your company. Yes. Like what? What does the next year or two look like? Where are you taking things?
2: Do you want to talk about the TV side of the business? It's
1: really exciting. We've we got have, have be, a lot yeah. of exciting stuff happening this year. Well, one of the, I mean, we have Little Fires coming out, March 18th on Hulu. It's so check good. Check your TV. Mm-hmm. No, check, check your Hulu. Sign up for Hulu. I don't know. Um, no. I do know. Sign up for Hulu. And then um, we, we have second season of Morning Show. Um, going into production. Going into production. Did y'all see the Morning Show? Excited. We have a wonderful project with Zoe Saldana, who's sitting right here right now, called From Scratch, that we're going to be doing at Netflix this year. She's
0: also talking later, She's so make sure to later, come. See Zoe. So ask her lots of yeah. questions
1: about that. We have the best partners in the world, Daisy Jones. Daisy in Jones and the Six at that,
2: Amazon. That we go into production in also based on April, and I think. You know, we're really building our unscripted and kids and animation business we're this year as about well. Animation. Kids yeah, well, like we can't that's not can't announced. No. Damn it. Um, you can no, announce it, right? No, we've 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 we're got so a kids in animation division We've sold our first show. We're gonna make cartoons. I mean, and <laughs> you know, and we're really excited about bringing, I mean, female protagonists in our animation, but really encouraging co-viewing among families with that. And, you know, I mean that is at the heart of the business. We're trying to build a media company in the most capital-like way where we get to kind of Build franchise IP um, around using our influence to do it. And then, you know, I think Reese's Book Club is a huge strategic initiative this year. I mean, I think we're, we spent the first two or three years building influence. We haven't traded, a, I mean, at one and a half million followers, all organic, we haven't traded a dollar of that influence um yet and and i think the goal for us is to build that into more fully fledged membership community events um, which we've started prototyping that last year but we're excited about that and when you talk about whether we're a technology company that's the piece that takes us into building a sort of a a a deeper dtc stack to sort of control our relationship with a set of consumers dtc means direct to
1: consumer
2: I appreciate
0: that.
1: <laughs> oh my God, I love you. We're gonna put a lot of USG on our uh, user-generated content. Uh, UGC, <laughs> UGC, UGC. UGC. I, mean, I knew that. We don't do uh, user-generated uh, uh, content. UGC. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> stepping back from business just a bit, if it's okay, we had J.J. Abrams and Katie McGrath <laughs> talking earlier about Time's Up. About that initiative, oh yeah. In my research, trying to read as much as I could about the topic, so many uh, female actresses and leaders in the industry credit you with pushing them to become involved with Times Up.
1: I do.
0: Uh, yes. Uh, reading about it, well, what what?
1: <laughs> I see a few of them out here.
0: What? Uh, Talk a little bit about your involvement, um, where you see the movement, how did it get started, and is it having any impact?
1: Oh my gosh, it's incredible. Um, And and I would say there isn't one person to point to. It's the most um, inclusive group of uh, thought leaders and people who are really deeply invested in leaving our business a better place than the way they found it creating safer work environments, more inclusive, more diverse work environments, and um, really opening the door to new talent. Uh, so there's been an, an incredible amount of growth in, in Time's Up. With Tina Chen is now running Time's Up, which has been amazing. And not only have they raised $22 million for the Legal Defense Fund to help Um, people defend cases throughout the country, uh, um, harassment cases within their own work environments. But they are doing so much, even with the presidential debates, they've partnered with Fortune uh, Magazine to really diversify the questions, like when are we going to talk about paid um, family leave? When are we going to talk about the, the gender pay gap? You know, really being thoughtful about who are the critics that are getting to um, weigh in on movies and television shows? They, they sort of did a lot of research. Um, my colleague, Brie Larson, was really spearheading this initiative to um, make sure there, there were women and people of color who were reviewing movies and television shows because not every, primarily it's, it's probably 80% white men, I think yeah. we read earlier today. And they, not every television show is made for that demo. Um, so when you diversify the critics group, you get a more fair and balanced idea of what movies you want to see. Because in this world where algorithms choose for you to, which is a whole other conversation that I hope, maybe Ted will talk about algorithms. Um, next, um, next, <laughs> Ted. Uh, I think it's really important that we be thoughtful about tech and having um, gender balance in that and diversity. Because we're building entire systems that are excluding groups of people. And um, that's a scary place to be.
0: Yeah. My friend Mauricio Mota, who's in the room, he produced a show with his wife for Hulu called Islos High. Yes. Uh, telling stories. Also,
2: Katie um, worked with us producing Shine On With Reese. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah.
0: They're great. And uh, he was telling me that to advocate for issues, to get people aware of change, you need to get to showrunners, you need to get ideas written into shows so that we can project, you know issues in a way that's balanced and received by an audience. If you think about what you've talked about earlier, uh, people of color, women, LGBTQ, um, what do we have to do to push the industry to the next level? I know Zoe and Eva will be talking about that later. What do we have to do to really make an impact?
1: Support. Um, Financial support is really important. Fund media companies owned by other groups of people. I think... um, the kind of, you know, broad support that we can give, the, the, the amount of people in this room. Um, just being aware, too. I think there's so much in having conversations within your company. And that's what I think Time's Up is going to be really helpful in providing toolkits and the availability to have um, more, uh, what am I trying to say,
2: mm. well, advising, advisory. Yeah and you know I think within companies we've talked about this at at the end of the day this is a conversation about power and you know it's all of these things are about authorship and authentic authorship and it is great business it's the white space we started our company around which is like you've got an audience that reflects if you look at the economic power um, and you cannot exclude these voices um, in this marketplace from uh, from the authorship, and that means writers' rooms, boardrooms. If you do, you're mortgaging your future as a company, and, and I think that's power. Right? So what it takes, it takes people with power to bring other people into that power dynamic at every level. one of the things
0: I'm excited yeah. about is Liz Murdoch, who also wanted to tell a story about women, is financing a company and women to create more stories about women. So you got to get cool. the money behind it. But Exactly. Please give a huge thank you to Reese Witherspoon, Sarah Harding for joining us today. Thank you.